Demi and welcome back to another episode of the Millennial Crisis Podcast. This week's episode is going to get you to reflect on your actions and make you confront what is stopping you from doing. A lot of us get crippled by the idea that things need to be perfect before they go out into the world and this week's story is really going to show you how not true that is. Today, I chat with Robin Locke from the Funny Business Podcast and the founders of Wellbeings Group. They've been featured on the Today Show and Urban List and had some incredible guests on their podcast. But it wasn't too long ago that they started things. The boys started the podcast in the beginning of the pandemic and since then have grown exponentially. In today's episode, we talk a lot about failing fast, exploring different ideas, throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks and being self-aware enough to know when you need to work hard and when you need to pull back the reins and really take care of yourself. The boys are super authentic and it's one of the reasons why their podcast has taken off so much. This is a really fun episode and just a super candid and open conversation between the two of us. I can't wait for you to listen. So let's jump straight into episode 54 of the podcast, Getting Comfortable With Not Being Perfect with Locke and Rob from the Funny Business Podcast. Hey boys, thank you so much for joining me on the Millennial Crisis Podcast. I'm very excited to have you on today. It's been, I feel like it's been a long time coming. I know, I feel like I've known you forever. You've been in the Herald Sun, you've graced our newspapers, you're all over LinkedIn and Instagram and I'm, I'm loving all your reels to be honest. We're just happy to be here, really. And we're very happy to be here. Yeah. That's <laughs> fluffing me up. <laughs> You've been really scared by like the questions I'm going to ask you now. You're like, let's butter her up before we get yeah, started. Yeah, yeah, Let's make it nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Keep it friendly. <laughs> keep it friendly. Every podcast I start off because I don't like to do the introductions. I like to get the the guests to do the hard yards for me. The questions I have for you so you can do a beautiful intros of yourselves is what is your name? age and what do you do or what are you known for name is Lockie, age 30 feeling old and known for probably talking lots of shit and the funny business podcast and well-beings group i don't mind that all right rob age 29 and probably known from kick and start the funny business podcast i thought you were gonna say kicking goals on the, on the footy goals. Oh, yeah, i did that <laughs> did that too <laughs> The funny business podcast is where I think, like, I definitely saw Lock you on all over LinkedIn. I saw you blowing up there in that kind of space. And then was it, has it been two years now that you guys have had the podcast for? Or- oh, nah, we started in April, 2020. So sort of when the Not first- Not even, yeah. Oh, 420 it was, 420 yeah. 420 day, yeah. first episode. Yeah, it was. <laughs> we, we teared that up. Well, it's not actually because- the funny story behind that is I, I didn't know how long it takes to get an episode up because it was the first episode we'd done. So I'd done it the day before and then promoted it the next day. So, so that's a little weird. So we, we, we like to say it released on yeah 20th of April, but it actually mm. was on the 19th of April. At like So there's a, there's a lie straight up already, you know? <laughs> um, no, I love it. I'm going to keep with the, the, the 420. I think that that makes for a better story. Everyone can shut up and pretend that they didn't hear what, what happened before the story behind it. But let's stick with that. 420, you uploaded on 420. Good vibes. Great kick yeah. off to things. And I can't believe you only started in 2020. Like, I feel like it has been so much longer. I guess maybe that's 
one, because you've done so much with it. And two, maybe because just the past year it's been, has just been a bit fucked anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's been pretty nuts. I mean, we, we just like, we, we flooded the newsfeed, to be honest. We were just like, we can't afford to pump money into fucking LinkedIn ads. So we're just like, let's just flood the newsfeed and just get as much content out there as we can. And I think having that no fear attitude and just sort of throwing out ideas, like you look at LinkedIn and you're thinking it's a bit, honestly, it's a bit shit. It's a bit stiff. Like I don't want to come to your boring seminar and hear about what your work's doing. Where's the value in it for me? And it's not funny or entertaining. So it's like, there was just a, there's a spot there for a fresh approach and seeing lots of people now just bring out their personalities a bit more on there, which is cool to see. I think that comes attached to people. Like you mentioned before, we have been in this world now since like we kicked started the podcast in April last year, a month after, or a couple of weeks after we, the first lockdown here in Melbourne, where we decided let's, we got all the time, let's have a crack at doing something. But I think why we got so much cut through early is because we treated ourselves more like humans and we fucking talked about the reality of how hard it was and, showed warts and all of what we were going through during lockdown and talking to people how normal people fucking communicate to yeah, each other not like not this wanky success oh i done this and i wake up at six o'clock every morning and i i drink my coffee and then yeah. I, I meditate for 12 hours and then then i do my six hours of deep work and <laughs> and then i'm successful and then you go no you're not take that mask off you know fucking liar huh? <laughs> No, I, I, what you said there is the exact reason that I wanted you guys on because I, like you mentioned before, like when you launched the podcast, you were promoting, pushing, getting all the stuff together. And I loved that. Like I loved watching the hustle happen. I loved watching all of the content and stuff come out. One, because I was like, how the fuck are these guys doing it? And I can't even get one fucking little recording together to promo each week. I was like dying. Two, because I think people don't realize, and we spoke a bit about this before we started recording, people don't realize the effort and time it takes to put into these things. They think, oh yeah, I'm just going to start a podcast. I'm just going to start this and don't realize like what it actually takes to one, get people listening or caring about it. And two, to get other people on it. Um, and sometimes how easy it is to get other people on it that you don't expect, like asking things and actually seeing returns of like, oh, fuck, they said yes. That's wild. Um, so what was what's the experience been for you guys since starting the podcast? And besides all the stuff that you talk about, what has been the experience been in putting content out there and putting content out there at that rate? I think people, first of all, the quality, we weren't sort of looking to make it the most spiffiest thing and make everything real clean because we were just like, that's way too hard. And for the people who know us, they're like, we're not like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so they're very scruffy, you know? So it's like, <laughs> we're going to put out some scruffy content, you know? But uh, I forgot what else I was going to say. I just think the content game, like for us, this is sort of our background. Like my background in, in agile coaching, I was working a lot with like software and development teams, helping set up their ways of working, talk about like productivity and performance and shit. And that's sort of where we took the inspiration from for our podcast. We look at some of the biggest tech companies in the world and they talk about how often they ship their software and how often they do releases. And we saw that as our advantage as some people who we started from dead scratch, no audience, no nothing. So when we, the reason we were hustling so much and trying to get people aware of it is because I think there's lots of different ways you can talk about the content game and, and it comes with what is your starting point. So say for example, I'm a, I'm a brand or say I'm, a, I'm an individual creator or an influencer who starts with an audience. So maybe they've got like a 30,000 followers or some shit on Instagram. They might not need to put out the same speed of 
content as someone who were in our position with absolutely no audience, no awareness, no reach, no idea who the fuck we were. So I think the, the, the strategy we went with is it's going to take a lot for us to get cut through. And our advantage is going to be how many opportunities can we create for people to discover who we are? So that's why we went with, it's not as important as having done not perfect. We can, we could obviously do better releases of all our content. We could make it look prettier. We could have better audio. We could um, have YouTube that clips on things as it would go through, but that wouldn't be the thing that would help us in our growth journey. And I think that that's what, when we're doing some stuff from our business with Wellbeing's Digital, from a, like a digital strategy perspective, it's really interesting to look at those dynamics, which goes into the content game. But for us, we're just lucky that we got some cut, cut through and we did it the hard way of just fucking slogging and lock credit where credit's due. He is an absolute beast and how he built our community through LinkedIn and the amount of hours and messages and time spent on platform over the last, what's now, it's nearly the end of July. That's 15 months of, no days off on LinkedIn. I love compliments. I don't get these compliments that often, Demi, so I'm pretty wrapped with that. But I think a lot of people too, they might have ideas and then they might not get the, you know, 10,000 downloads a week straight up when no one's heard of you before and then just not do it again. And just, it's about showing up every day. And, and if you're serious about it, you're looking at the stats, you're looking at where can I improve? Like, it's like you're a fucking athlete. You know what I mean? Like, that's how we see it. We're like, where's our advantage? Like, if we're thinking about things and, not just giving up or not just flogging a dead horse. It's actually like dissecting what we're doing, you know? Yeah, how can we get more creative? How can we do things better? How can we make it easier on ourselves? Because like, like you mentioned, like putting our content's not, not easy. We put 11 pods out every fortnight. So we do two guest pods a week, which are usually about an hour long. We have our snacks pod, which is like our bite-sized news stuff, which is around anywhere between 10 and 15 minutes. And then on a fortnightly basis, we do like a deep dive, which is about half an hour. So if you think about how much time goes into just recording, editing, content production, release, it's it's pretty much full-time gig. Yeah, and a lot of people, you talk, you might talk about like hustle culture and it's not like, you know, you watch the Gary V's and now he's talking more about sleep and stuff. And I think it's all true, but the trade-offs are real. You have to really work hard and put in the hours and effort to, to sometimes get things off the ground. And it's not the whole, it's not the long-term play, but it might be the short-term strategy that you need to play at that time. So I feel like sometimes you work really, really hard and then sometimes you need to make sure that you reward yourself and have, have the week off when you don't need to be there kind of thing. That's what we sort of see as important. It's probably our key learns, yeah. Were you guys like the podcast, were you guys very much hustlers in, in your regular work that you were doing? I think, I don't really like, I don't, I, we do like to talk about the hustle of whatever, but I don't really want us to be so like attached directly to hustle culture because I don't think that that's what we're, we're really trying to be more like, for well, sure for not now it? not now but when back in the because I know like for myself like and and listeners in the journey of the millennial crisis podcast we started off like when I started off the story was about I'm looking for my dream job and I want to do a job I love and I want to work 24 7 for a company that I love and then like after a few episodes speaking to a few people it was like oh there's kind of more to life than work and hustle and working 24 7 and like fuck that shit mm-hmm. um and we're moving more in other ways but I find so many of us started in that part because it's a lot of what we were fed as well and like as millennials it's like it was our wall it was like oh that's like where we were going so I I'm curious and I could be wrong like was that the past and then that has changed or was it always like 
oh, we're not actually, we were never in that kind of style. We're just doing things because we loved it and it was fun and happened to be, we were doing a lot of hours in it or whatever. No, I think sometimes you need it like hustle culture. Like when you're searching for that content, you're probably looking for that inspiration. So I think it's a part of the journey, but it's not the whole thing. It's more like I've discovered that, you know, to get things done, I need to fucking work for some people like me, probably people, I was lazy at school and stuff. But then when I think about it now, like working in the pubs and stuff, we were doing the content stuff. We were thinking about new ways to do things. I think it like trying to flex and use our creative muscles. You know what I mean? I think that's what we, we like doing and, and working together. I feel like always cooking up schemes and stuff, but that was always a fun thing. It never really was like, it didn't feel like we were, yeah. like, it was, we were doing different, like, like we had some side hustles or different projects that we had going, but it was more from a, like, let's experiment and try things. And yeah. it was, I think that when you talk about different content out there that, we always talk about like the gateway drug to get people into things is like you listen to things like Gary Vee and you see like those sort of content and, and how much he's changed and how he talks about it. And he was, he was like 24 seven hustle, hustle, <laughs> hustle. And I never, I never associated myself with that. Cause I was like, fuck that. I'm not, yeah. I, as much as I love what I do and we're very motivated and we set high goals, we've got lofty ambitions. We still have to have some sort of life. And I think that that's why we went with who we are and what we, we're well-beings group. We're that's exactly really- why we called it that because it was like people might see this and go, fuck, this is just the flogging. They're just doing this. They're going hard. But it really is out on the forefront of our minds is setting up a new way or, or thinking about new ways to really help our well-being. And like <clears throat> when you think about like you're having a, you know, you're starting a family. So it's more like, not everything's just this, you know what I mean? Like you need. You, well, I can't. Diff- if I burn myself yeah. out at work and I'm fucked for for home, and I'm going to be. A, that's a not new, a long term play. It's a short term play. play. That's you know? why it's like that hustle culture thing. I think it comes with you got to take it with a grain of salt. That you've got to do it in stints, yeah. and you have to take a lot of self awareness to be in the hustle game. If you don't have the self awareness to understand when you need to pull back the reins, if you're fucking tired, then you're going to cook yourself. And there's no point working hard for three months and then being fucked and on the bed. But you need to burn out for six months. You, know you need I mean? to sort of go through it, but test, but make sure you're aware. You know what I mean? Make sure you're not really, you know, going in blindly because it's easy to get sucked into that trap. You know what I mean? When you're like, you're constantly reactive. And I think like me having a, like a recruitment background, you're always reactive on your phone. You're never switching off. And I feel like that's a big issue now, especially in lockdown, you're working more hours. And if you're in that industry and that's your job, like you're constantly fucking talking to people and it can really drain you so i feel like there needs to be better ways set up in the future to help people like that because they're the future of the fucking workforce you know what i mean you can't you can't have us all burn out at fucking 40 you know imagine in 10 years time and all the people who start businesses now could be us you know what i mean it's like <laughs> we need to make sure we're not going to fucking do that you know and it's about talking to other people uh, about ways that they they deal with stuff and sort of how do we incorporate it into our lives that's why i love podcasts and i love consuming that type of content I love seeing that dynamic between the two of you. I think it's it's cool and I think it's important, especially when you're working with someone for that relationship to be good, right? Like you can oh. push someone in one way and then someone else can pull in another way um, in different things. I think that's that's We spent awesome. a lot of time together. Some, yeah, would I could argue, some would argue though that chemistry is the most important thing in doing a podcast. You know what I mean? If, if you don't have chemistry and you don't have that sort of... Uh, them sort of conversations and allow yourself to go that deep. And that, that goes with guests as well. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you know, that likability and getting them to open up it. Like, I feel like now our conversations and the way we articulate our thoughts now are way better. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you talk about the content <clears> game. Like if you go back and listen to our first, it was fucking shit. Our first podcast <laughs> we goes for 10 minutes and it's got, yeah. we, have, we feel we burn out. We burnt this bloke. He's, a, he's Nick Pulse. Will say. Nick Pulse yeah. a I'm not even going to give him a fucking shout was, out and burn him twice. I wasn't going to burn him. I was just, I was going to mention it. 
you know, <laughs> relax. Anyway, it was 10 minutes long. There was no fun. We called it funny business, but it was very bland. <laughs> Unfunny business. And now, um, but now we've got, we understand how we, it's just having, it's a bit more relaxed, you know, yeah. but it, you're, it, uh, it takes that. And same with like being a founder and starting businesses, oh. you don't have chemistry and we are lucky that we have complementary skill sets, 100%. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's awesome to see. And I'm, I'm really glad that you do talk about like in the beginning, like things not being perfect, which is like one of the most important things. It's one of the reasons, like whenever I put out millennial crisis content, I always do a lot of throwback stuff to be like, Hey, like, this is what it looked like in the beginning. Like, don't be fooled, man. Like people ask all the time, like, Oh, I need to start a podcast. I should start a podcast and ask me all these questions. And I'm like, brother, just start. Like just yeah. start because I don't have any answers for you. Trust me. Like none of my answers are going to be what you need to hear. And like what you're doing is going to be very different to me. And I look back at all, if you're not looking back at your shit and being like, yuck, there's something going wrong. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like, that's great if you can, And if you can show that journey of from where you did start to now, people, it's, it's authentic. People resonate sure. with the authenticity and actually can follow the breadcrumbs and go, fuck, oh, yeah. that's come from here to there. But Fuck being a salesman. Be real. You know what I mean? That is selling. That, that is, is fucking selling. People, is, yeah. people going in. People deal with people, you know? And I think that if people get that analysis paralysis, you know, that fear of I need it, this needs to be perfect before I put it out or no, uh, this is going to be, there's no big, like there is no such thing as those big massive moments that doesn't happen like that. No one's waiting for you. I'm sorry to tell you now. <laughs> no, one cares. Cares. no one gives no one a fuck cares. about your podcast that you haven't started yet, that you haven't released, that you've got three great ideas for three great guests. Sick. Yeah. That's about half a week's content. What that? What else you got for the rest of the year? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you got to get your stuff moving and get started. Otherwise, no, because no one really cares. No, yeah. no, nobody gives a fuck. I literally, yeah, nobody gives a fuck. Again, I think we mentioned this earlier, but like, it's it's always great to talk to. And one of the reasons I still continue with the podcast because you speak to people who are doing and get it in that same way of like you. And I think maybe before you started the podcast, did you guys realize? Or when you came to it, you're like, fuck, actually, like, it's a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. At least when I started the podcast, I was like, fuck, I thought I was going to do an audio documentary. My podcast was supposed to be an audio. I thought I listened to Gimlet. I don't know if you've ever heard Startup. No. By Gimlet Media. It's really great. He like talks about how he started Gimlet Media and he records It's an audio documentary, right? There's like five producers. He's been doing podcast producing his whole life. I'm like, I'm going to start like, that's what this is going to be about. It's like my career journey. Like it's going to be audio diary entries. Like, hey, um, today I'm waking up I'm feeling a little bit low, but we'll see what happens today. I'm going to do this challenge and we'll see how that goes. And I got through the first episode. I was like, that's that's pretty fucking hard. Um, maybe I'll just interview people and see how that goes. <laughs> you know? Oh, see, it's good that you've done that you pivoted. You know what I mean? Like we've done things, we've we added things. So at the start, we only had the two guest pods and that's what we committed to. And we're like 50 episodes and till Christmas and that's what we're going to do. But honestly, I feel like as the community was building, we were like, fucking hell, like this is, this is bigger than what we probably thought it would be. To be honest, we didn't, we have dreams of like, Oh, wouldn't it be good to be fucking in the charts and doing that stuff. But to be honest, we were just like, fuck, this is just good for us to do this thing and meet these types of people. Mm. And and it just, the community really built it, didn't it? And now we've got different things because we know that we, people come to funny business for different things. They come to listen to really in-depth conversations similar to what we're doing now and talking about topics and discussing journeys and learnings and all that sort of stuff. But our snack stuff is more like bite-sized news and us talking shit, but where people can get their headlines and they can keep up to date with what's going on. So we're really like, we think a lot about the different shows and, and podcasting about how 
don't know, it's such a powerful medium for people to latch onto, but get their news. And especially, uh, we're lucky that, like, I think the people who listen to podcasts, they're naturally curious. They're interested in learning. Otherwise, they wouldn't choose that medium. So, or they, they want to escape. Or they want to escape. But we're mm. lucky, like, we put, uh, with putting all that shit out on LinkedIn, we, we think we've got a really, really, we value our intelligence of our audience really really high yeah sometimes the data too you know what i mean when you look at the numbers and you go oh it's it's this and it's that it's like well you really need to think about the quality of the audience yeah, who's too. listening to you yeah oh, it's like oh fuck such and such from that company's listening to our pod and they love it oh shit yeah how good's that so it's know? kind of intimidated me because i'm like fuck all these smart people think yeah. think we're doing something good you know <laughs> <laughs> i'm like fuck we need to keep doing this i feel good <laughs> Yeah. So, so then what, so the reason, the starting reason was just, you had time in lockdown and you just kind of thought to do it. And was it after, or, or did you, did you think like, oh, fuck it, we're here now. Like let, let's may as well go, go and give it our all. Or We'd be laughing. We can't remember why we started. <laughs> I honestly can't remember. <laughs> but we, but we've had a few different things. So Locke and I about three years ago had a business together, Obi and co, which sold like, uh, like beach slides. Australia's best slides they and were, first yeah. ever slides. First ever slides. So we saw, I remember we, seeing that stuff. You guys just recently stopped that though, didn't you? It wasn't. No, we, we shut up shop actually back in 28. I think it was live for about nine months. And mm. um, we shut up shop because we were just like, we don't want to be shoe salesmen. It costs a lot of money to, run a physical product business and, and sell through influencer marketing, all that sort of stuff. Learning so lessons, yeah. so we, we realized Sorry, how been we could work together yeah. previously. Yeah. So we'd done that, the slog of running a fucking a product company, using the full Instagram reach out, um, wholesale, all that sort of learning how it all works. Yeah. We then have a few different businesses together. We play like mainly like testing and experimenting ideas around socials and content. So working with businesses to give them like we had like lock shoots, which was like lock but, going out to fucking test ideas and going, Hey, do you guys need crisp socials content? We'll do it. But yet you. again, it really wasn't about the quality. Like we didn't have these cinematic cameras and shit. It was more around like education really about what, what type of content and, you know, it was really, you know, looking back now, thinking about it. It was now. like, we weren't trying to make these the biggest businesses for us. It was more around understanding and testing and trying to get this validation of our ideas. And I think you mentioned before about like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks we've tried a lot of different things out to learn before we've tried to put things out at scale. So for us doing the podcast, a lot of people are like, fuck, how have you done it like this? We've been building the skills for years and decided to turn the switch on and press play. It wasn't that we had to learn from day one. We'd already learned the skills. We just decided to start this project. So I think that's what actually really helped us do Mm. what we've been able to do is because it wasn't, yes, we're learning new things about how podcast works and we're getting better at the skill of what we're doing, but a lot of the thought and the strategy behind it, behind it and how the content game works and how to do it and all that sort of stuff. We'd built those skill sets up through having different side hustles and shit that we'd done in the past. And I think like doing that publicly too, like where people might see, it's like how many times I reckon my parents are just like, fuck another thing is, you know, that they're doing, but it's more like having, I think showing that publicly and showing that journey makes it, it resonates with people because it's like yeah you have to start from somewhere and you know it's not like you're fucking hiding all the shit that you were shit at it's more like hey go look at how we fucking started you can do it too you know yeah yeah no a hundred percent and i'm i'm so glad that 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 was part of your journey because i think a lot of the things that we speak about and and a lot of the things millennial crisis community struggles with is like you mentioned having the ideas wanting to do all these things and being scared of like the failure part but every person like even myself in my own story like all of the things that you learn from the failures the 
clarifies more of what you want to do more of and you become so much more certain in those things like when I started the millennial crisis it was like and the community events and all of that stuff it was like yeah this is it like you you become so much more yes in that part because you know it doesn't include all of this no shit that I don't like that doesn't that doesn't resonate with me and I'm sure that came through in your past jobs you've had the past side hustles you've had you can really clearly define for yourselves what you enjoy what you don't enjoy and what works and what doesn't in a better and you're probably always going to be iterating and changing that as you change in your lifestyles and all of that stuff but it becomes easier the more you get through it right I love that. that's a really good point and I think it doesn't even have to be like in the content and stuff like I think about now working in hospitality growing the skill sets of talking to people every day you know showing up every day and you, you're kind of a part-time therapist so you realize maybe maybe that's a skill set in another you know what I mean you figure out what you're good at too and and it doesn't have to be like, that's why I just think like, if you don't have a job when you're 15 and learning this shit, like you're mm. way behind, like get out there and start fucking doing different yeah. things, you know? That's such a cool thing. Like I, I think now in like, we're all living in a digital world, which pretty much you can create any job. If you want to do a job, you can learn the skills, create a service or a product offering that allows you to go and work in those spaces. You can build the relationships. There's not, there's honestly nothing stopping you from pretty much doing anything. Yes, it's going to be easier for some who have a better starting point, whether that's a finan- better financial starting point, better uh, relationship standing point, whether connections, education, connections, influence. influence, all that sort of stuff. But it doesn't matter where you start from. The, the, the information's out there to make things happen. And that learning by having a crack, and I think one of the things that we've, um, we talk a lot about it in, in what we do with Wellbeing is Digital as well is it doesn't cost money to test some of these ideas. It just costs, it costs time. So I think if you take that approach around finding innovative ways to test and challenge your idea, because if you go for all the, build, the effort of like you build all this stuff, you fucking that's waterfall, baby. It's waterfall, yeah. but it's also like it's it's very time intensive, and those opportunities to have those learning opportunities or those learning experiences that allow for growth and that allow for the next idea to develop. Mm. If you make them so far apart, and you're doing these big things, you're waiting, making it perfect, you're not going to be learning fast enough to actually allow you to operate in a world that is so quick. The digital world moves so quick. Mm. You need to be more, you need to be more, less worried and like take that social pressure off yourself of putting things out in the world and see it more like you're building a sandcastle and people are filming you and you're watching it and they don't know what's going to be at the end, but you know what's going to be at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally every digital marketing class I run, the first thing I say to people is like, if you're worried about you needing to know everything, like, leave now because there's no you're never going to know everything you could ask me a question now and I'm not going to know the answer that's cool man like things change every minute in this space get used to it like yeah. that's life <laughs> that's yeah. the biggest lie we're told that ev- someone knows everything no one fucking knows anything so no. well, that's just vibe I, just vibe <laughs> that's such a good point and that's one of the things that I, I want to talk about is because everything's fucking hard and no one knows what they're doing. You know, that's the fact of life, I think. And no one fucking talks about it. Everyone's a pretender. Everyone's trying to figure out the best way to do things. You don't just sit at one point and go, oh, I've clocked life, you know? Like, fuck off, man. You There's always (laughs) struggles. There's always things that are going on. Like, it's fucking hard. What's the imposter syndrome thing? A lot of people talk about imposter syndrome and a lot of people struggle with it. And it is real. And I think that people are going to be more kind to themselves and understand that like imposter syndrome means you're testing yourself too like you're putting yourself you're growing in that sense where you're like but have that confidence you know and being in an environment where people allow you to Mm. i think like we've australia has tall poppy syndrome where they see people doing interesting things it's a 
why can't I? Why can't I do that? Or it's a jealousy thing or it's a, I need to cut down that person to get my kicks and shit. Whereas I don't know other cultures, there's more celebrated for doing things a bit different, having a crack. And I feel like hopefully we can put that message out in the world and push that. So it's like, it's okay to have a crack at things and not to be turned out to exactly how you want it. Cause that's bad luck. You know, <laughs> like that's yeah. how life works. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned imposter syndrome because I've spoken a lot about that recently and how in relation to our generations, one of the reasons we face it so much is because the criteria of doing something for the generations before to be credible for something are so different than what they are now because they didn't have the internet. And now like the way we learn, it's like you can do a short course on Google or you can do a course somewhere else and, you know, use General Assembly who's like, again, the teaching and stuff that they do there, you're learning from real people versus university degree who won't even teach you anything digital anyway. Like that's where people feel that they have the failures. It's like, oh, I can't talk about this because I didn't get a degree in it. Yeah, but you did X, Y, and Z. And that's what showcases you to be able to do it. Um, And I find that part of things really interesting about our generation is because we were taught from these people a lot of us experience that um imposter syndrome so much because things are done differently now and once we unlearn like the old ways of things which have no relevance to what is happening today's age um like hopefully we get one step move further away from feeling like we're imposters um or not which i mean that's a whole other thing together but yeah i'm sure I'm sure. Have you guys faced um, imposter syndrome and, and how do you guys? 100%. And I think it, talk, it comes down to, like, I think it's really interesting to talk about the educational pathways here in Australia and how like the society norms or how it actually structured for people to push through a system. We have different educational backgrounds. We've done different short courses. You've, you're the king of the short course. Oh, I was. 2017 was a big year for me. I just, <laughs> I just sussed every fucking course under the sun, behavioral fucking psychology, all that shit. Anything there is to do a short course on. But that's yeah. it's compared to, say, I went through a tr- more of a traditional way of education, went on to university, did my master's degree, come out with a massive hex debt and no job. And I look at that and go, yes, it helped me open a lot of doors. And I probably wouldn't have got the first opportunity I did without doing that pathway. But did I need to have a $61,000 hex debt to open that door? Could I have tried a different pathway to get in? Probably. Could I have used that to buy a house now? Probably. Oh, I've got a 60 grand hex, hex debt and no certificate. Huh? <laughs> no, did what you not have any? certificate, bro. I'm paying back nothing. Huh? I'm paying back some air. So some good solid moves early on from me. Well, that's no, the- I, I, I feel yes. you guys on that one. Don't worry. I, I, I purposely, the, the reason I went to uni was because like my dad was like, well, I want to know family's been to uni so you're going I don't care yeah yeah what else am I gonna do <laughs> right yeah. so I so I went and then the first like big gig I landed um I told them I had graduated I hadn't graduated yet and like it was just like a big like like I, I went to, I said this on a panel once and everyone looked at me like oh fuck um but like it doesn't <laughs> I graduated in the end but when I got that job I hadn't and it was almost like I wanted like I pictured myself telling that story just to be like how fucking dumb it just shows like I don't know if you've heard of signaling theory it like won the Nobel Prize in 2011 and it literally talks about how um university degrees just signal to HR people and employers and stuff that you are capable Capable, but it has no correlate direct correlation with you actually being able to do the task. Hey, 
Ben, Ben, having a tech recruiter background, hundred percent, because you want to make your life the easiest possible, and that's yeah. a good that's a good first step to go. Well, they've been through, a, they can follow. It just you know like, what I mean? It looks nice on the CV. Yeah, it does yeah. look nice. And mind it- you, I graduated with a fail, so there were a lot of other people that were more capable of what I did. Like I, I graduated with a forty. Like it showed nothing, but that's the point. Like that's why I love talking about it because I'm like, their university systems bullshit. Well, really, the generation. If you think about it, like our, our parents' generation, university was free. You know, it was pay, pay it was, <laughs> and so it's like yeah. you, you put us into <laughs> these systems now. We've got like these massive hex debts. There's no fucking jobs for people to come out into the world. Come in and work in these shit corporates with shit mental health environments. You can make nothing, and you got but you got this big hex debt. And then when you buy a house, you're fucked. But I think it's 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 a really interesting thing because I think that there's a lot of people that if they don't make changes, and this is why we're so passionate about like with well-being group, life's too short to be unhappy is if you choose not to make changes now while you still can. So I think if people who get trapped into a mortgage or they've got kids and then it's got that pressure of, I need to be a provider. I need to have a, a stable income. The, the opportunity for you to jump ship and take that risk and take that plunge to start something gets harder and harder, the more financial responsibilities and things that you have. But the way that society's set now is you have this massive hex debt and you're expected to go buy the fucking house with the white picket fence. And next thing you know, you're trapped and you can't escape this fucking system. The Australian dream. The Australian dream. And that's why people are crumbling with this mental health stuff is because they can't, they're, they're trapped. And that's, that's a fucking weird societal norm. So if we can leave anything from anyone who's listened to this podcast is if you want to start something, that has to be your, your five, was it, what did, um, what did old mate Chris Doe say? That has to be a five to nine thing. Yeah, You might have to do something in that nine to five job to pay the bills, mm. but how you change your life is the time you spend from five to nine. That's and that's good the, memory. Good yeah. memory. That was a good one. We had Chris Doe on. Can you believe that? He's so fucking cool. So good. No, that's good. Good advice, Rob. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love that. And, and it is, it's, it's so true. Those for anyone who has experienced like the millennial crisis or in that rut right now, it literally just takes one tiny thing outside of the workplace to get that snowball effect. I think that was literally the episode released this week about those, even if it's a starting a hobby, like that can be that small snowball for you being like, Oh, life's not that bad. Or there is more time instead of coming home, cooking, watching TV, going to sleep and doing that cycle every day, which is where our biggest issues come from that monotony of like this is how it's supposed to go this oh this is life this is what everyone's doing (laughs) keep on keeping on yeah you're right you're right it's weird i don't know how many times i've lived that life i remember when when i was working at telstra um i had i had a a corporate gig at telstra working there in delivery and i (laughs) (laughs) this is the type of environment i worked in this is the one story best story ever this is a lot of people you look around and there was a lot of people who've been there for a long period of time it's not the most, it's you, you're talking about like really technical engineering delivery stuff. So you're working with a lot of people who are like introverted. It's not really like a cool culture and shit to be around. And there was a lot of like crazy hours, just not, not a fun place to work. And the fact that I would go, I would go to the bathroom to try and escape and hide and sit there on my phone. I'm sure everyone else <laughs> has done that too. And one of the days I went in there to sit and hide and, um, and cry and cry, <laughs> there was, I went to walk into one of the cubicles and there was a human shit on the floor. And I was like, no, this is what I think of the place. This too. can't be, I go, this can't be my fucking life. You know, people can't be that miserable. Is that, the moment? that was the moment that I was like, this is fucked. And it was, there was, it was an intent. It wasn't like it, they missed the bowl or whatever. They did intentionally shit on the floor. And I'm like, 
this is a corporate environment. I'm wearing a suit. You know what I mean? Like I'm wearing a suit and people are that, that, that miserable at their life. They're shitting on the floor. Like what the fuck is life? You know, this can't be my right. life. It's like, be my life. it's like on the train in the mornings and you're in the city and you're at Flagstaff and you're going, I honestly felt like it. I was barring. I was barring down Burke Street. Because it's just that time and it's, I don't know, maybe that's yeah. just personally me, but it's like, fuck, like, this can't be it. It's the same yeah. feeling. It can't be it. Had. This nah. can't be it. How many people have that feeling where it's like, the, 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 whether it's a moment or whether it's a build-up of moments where they go, this can't be it. This can't be all my <laughs> life is. And it doesn't have to be. I want more. I'm, I want I'm, more. I'm not credit. I'm just a bit hungry. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I shouldn't be greedy to ask for a workplace that, that doesn't have human shit on the floor. Yeah, you know? but I think yeah. if you don't understand the label, if you don't understand how wide and and what a good culture is, then you don't know. You know what I mean? You don't know any different. But I think now you're starting to see, like, you look at people like Atlassian and all these other Twitter and all these big companies, and you're looking at how they're they're doing things, and it actually inspires other people to think of other ideas. So whether it's right or wrong, I think like I don't know. Just don't pull on the floor. Just don't shit on the floor. <laughs> Just don't shit on the floor. <laughs> no, I, I, that's like the best like aha moment of like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Literally, Literally, like, fuck this shit. Love, fuck this shit. <laughs> I love that story. That's brilliant. Did you take a um, No, I just walked out. The worst yeah. part was I was there to use the cubicle. <laughs> <you know? laughs> anyway. Moving on. Yeah, but uh, I'm not surprised. That's the that's the worst part. Like people think that they're the only ones that experience this. Like a lot of the confessions, especially on TikTok, that we get a lot of is like people confessing, like, oh, you know, my workplace is toxic. I didn't realize other people had this, all of this other stuff. And I was like, so sorry, but like you're really like not special. <laughs> this is way too common. Like everyone's here and everyone's afraid to talk about it too. And this, change is hard. Is and if you're yeah. winning and things are going well, it's why would you change something if you can't see it yet? You know, that's why it's constantly like a bit of friction too with the with the demographics and the people now who would think like you think the rise of technology in our age now, you know. The next gen next generation of people aren't I feel I feel like we talk about this a lot is how are corporates where it's just really this is the challenging part that the jobs that are going to be available are going to be in these corporates because they're going to be desperate for people, but the next generation aren't going to be, they're not going to be interested in working those types of jobs, but they're also not going to be mentally. I don't think that you're, there's so much mental health issue in the next generation coming through and it's, it's rife. That it's going to be crazy, these cultures yeah. that they have in these big corporates, I'm telling you right now that the next generation, they would not have the resilience to be in there. Cause it's, it's not that you don't feel special. It's that, some of these places have got systemic cultural issues that have been built up through generations mm. that you can't come into these places where that's the only place you can work mm. and expect that everyone gives a fuck about you. You're just a number. You're there to do a job. Shut up and do your job. Yeah. And we, like, we pay you. We pay you. Fuck we, up. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's the real challenge now is that there needs to be a new creation of jobs in this digital world that allows for the next talent to come through. Mm. But the lineup between these people come through, think these, that there's the workforce is that fun. Work's not that fun, you know. <laughs> I think like that. A lot of people go, "Oh, I, I thought this job was going to be this and that." Yeah. It's like, no, hey, bro. man, you, you have an entry level job in a big corporate that employs forty thousand people. You're not that important. You just mm. you send a few emails, mate. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think it's going to be interesting over the next like 10, 20 years. I think maybe 20 years. I I have a feeling that a lot of like the big four kind of companies and stuff like that and, and all of those like big dogs that have those old school, like they either will have to change or the small businesses that have come out of it. So the people that were fed up working in those environments that started their own place that are like, we're starting this and we're not corporate um, doing all those things. I reckon they'll end up like surpassing them and you'll watch them. I don't know. At least like that's my hope, that's but I, this next train. generation don't give a fuck. 
Like they nah. don't give a fuck. They will say no. They will yeah. be like, sorry, no. One thing, one thing, one thing that comes to mind is like Upbank. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah, yeah, they yeah. have a transparent fucking roadmap. You know what I mean? And it's like they're a bank. You know, it's yeah. different. It, it appeals to people like us because we're like, oh fuck, we know what they're working on. We know what they're trying to fix. They're, they're treating us like we're smart. You know, we're not fucking dumb. You know, like tell us what they're really open. And I think that the rise of businesses like that, a I lot think. of businesses are going to die. But it's a hard time for small businesses and yeah. to get off the ground at the moment. Yeah, like it's such sure. a weird place. So optimistic framework. Frame, uh, Outlook, I really hope that's the case. And some of these yeah. big corporates need to get a rocket and, and change. But um, worst case scenario is I think that there's definitely going to be an employment. It's going to be a, it's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be a thing that's in the news all the time. How do people have happy? I'm not, I don't have purpose. I don't have meaning. I've got a shit job. I think. But we'll give you four, four extra uh, weeks off throughout the year. Like I think things like that, because they can afford to, you know what they'll I mean? Do extra perks, like they're hundred percent remote and you'll get more money, more holiday leaves, more whatever. So people are going to have to do the trade-offs. I work a shit job. Like, like people, the old ways of, um, I think that you look at the different entry points to the workforce, Australia mining boom. How many people do you know that used to go and have young, didn't have the, like, didn't have degrees, yeah, yeah. educational backgrounds, but I can go make a fuck ton working a few weeks on, a few weeks off. Mm. Maybe that's the model that some of these bigger corporates are going to have to do to attract the younger generations and the younger mm. generation, you have to come to the party and realize that you have to do some shit work. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to look like? But um, yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot like my the last business I worked for was in in mining and speaking to all of like the geologists and stuff like that. They were doing that kind of stuff. Like I was speaking to all the youngsters. They wanted to speak to all the big guys. I was like, these are the people that you're trying to attract like in future. Like these are the jobs that you don't have at the moment. And they were just saying, no, we're just building our own shit. And like there were kids that were building, like went into something and was like, oh, this is a dumb thing. I'm going to build a drone that scans the whole um, core logging system and picks out different mining things. And they were presenting at these big mining corporations and stuff like that. It was crazy to see what they, like, they were like, well, why would, why would you do it that way? Like, I'm going to just do my way instead. And I was like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Anyways, but, and also they're more privileged. They've got more money. They've got more ability to fall back, fall back on their parents, fall back on all these other things. So I do think it's going to be be different like anyways that's my that's my faith that's my hope um, but unfortunately we are getting towards the end of the podcast and to finish things off I have three questions that I ask all of my guests and then we'll jump into uh, the challenge that you guys have for the listeners so the first question that I have for you is what is the first small step you took to get to where you are right now uh, first small step I think maybe we go back to the Obi and Co days. I think like I remember, uh, this is actually fucking funny. I remember walking home in the rain from my job, um, uh, which I was working at Mooney Valley is doing the bar work there coming home about, I think it was like five or six o'clock and you called me and I was like, I was just had a shit day. And I was like, I don't fucking want to talk to anyone. I don't want to fucking do anything. And I was like, for some reason I was like, oh, fuck, I'll just answer it. And that was the phone call that you said about fucking Obi and how you had that idea and you wanted me to jump on board as a co-founder. I think saying yes to that and just, I remember coming home telling Tars and being so fucking pumped. It was like, it was a good memory. Like Maybe that. that's something that sticks out for me. I don't know. Oh, I'll stick with that one. Calling you then. Oh, Calling you, can't, you. you can't think, huh? I can't think. I just need him to think. No, I love that. And that's a brilliant first step. So if anyone listening, take like one, take that call and two, <laughs> call someone. <laughs> call yeah. someone, just put the idea out there. Well, I mean, on a serious note though, Rob does a lot for a lot of other people. Like he's helped me with where I'm at now. He's helped 
some other friends and, and get into different industries. Like, like it, a lot of it goes to him, to be oh, honest. Enough niceness. Next no, question. No, no, it's huh? pretty fucking. It's a bit too softy, huh? Next to the truth, though. You know, we have to. I love it. No, it's yeah. important. It's important. I love that. Um, the next question I have is, what is your biggest millennial crisis right now? And I define a millennial crisis as a privilege problem that consciously or subconsciously affects your mental health and well-being. Uh, mine is that I've got shit heating and cooling at my house and no dishwasher. So I, I got a, and my wife's pregnant and she's decided she doesn't want to do dishes anymore. So I do dishes all day, every day with no dishwasher and I'm cold all the time because my heating doesn't really, I've got a house with no heating. So that's my, that's my millennial crisis straight up. First world problem. First world problem. Love it. Um, for me, not having any good takeaway really in Torquay. Yeah. But it's pretty shit house. Like really? Needs, needs to up its game in terms of what's available. Because I'm a packet sort of cat, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I, you look in my in our pantry, there's not many ingredients, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's a lot of rubbish. Huh? But uh, there's nothing, like honestly, there's Bill's Mediterranean Shack, they do, they do good chips every now and then, but seven bucks for a small one, it's grouse. But like, <laughs> we don't have the other luxuries like KFC, we don't have uh, <laughs> Nando's, you know. Nah, honest, like, there's not, there's, I missed. I love dumplings, man. There's some real, like, real, like, traditional country town type takeaway options. Not that many healthy. No one gives a fuck. You're in and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we've had a lot of pies. We might have fucking fresh sandwich bar. You know? <laughs> yeah. Give us a snitchel for Karcher, for fuck's sake. <laughs> to my door. You know? Wow. Oh my god. Sad for you guys. Oh, I'm actually. Yeah. There you go. We're ranting. Wait. Did you have you always been in Torquay, or did you move down recently? Uh, I moved in Jan last year, so my, my wife and I got married in Feb. A couple of weeks after the wedding happened, lockdown happened. So we would, before that, I was like traveling remote, going to the city. The plan was just to keep doing nice. that sort of life. And yep. uh, then lockdown happened, changed sort of everything. And then like the stalker come down. Uh, <laughs> you try, he sold us. He's like, you and Tars come down and we come I down. He's, so, he's showing us all the beach. He's like, you like it. And dream. we just said on the day, we, me and Tars, the best Best thing about Tyler is she's just like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's do it. And anyway, she got a job down here and we were just like, no fuck way. yeah, you went and saw this house where we're currently renting. And um, thanks to you must have left a good impression because we feel so lucky to live in this place. And we live 500 meters away we from each other. the real estate agent that yeah. was doing the open. Yeah, so like things of things, I think like taking that step, I think when COVID and all that was happening, we sort of had that confidence of like, fuck, the world's definitely changed forever. Yeah. Um, let's just make the move now or else we never sort of will. And everything was really quick. But no, like when people say the Surf Coast podcast and shit like that, it's, I just want to let people know that we're not, fuck, we didn't grow up here, but you had ties here growing up in like with your family and stuff down Aries Inlet. You yeah, so I, I had, um, my, my, my grandparents had a holiday house down Aries Inlet. So I spent a lot of my holidays down here and doing like surf life saving at the Fairhaven. So I had a, my wife had a big plan always to move down this way. And now I we definitely don't regret the move. Life's, no, life's no, I'm never moving again. Yeah. Wow. Where are you? That, that's crazy. Like, that's crazy that how much has changed for you guys in the past year and a half. Like, yeah. the podcast moving to talk. Like, that's, I mean, in, like, the best in the best way, like, considering. Well, what- you know, sometimes big steps are good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, big change sure. and doing. Like uh, there are little things and like you see little, you're going to get little bits of value. I think like when you like put it all in and and just fucking things definitely change. You know what I mean? Like I just think big steps are important as little steps. I like that. Big steps come out of the little steps though. They do. They do. It's all the build-ups that happen. See, if if Robert never called you to say, come down to Torquay, a little step, 
you'd never have taken the big step. You know what I'm saying? No, 100. It opens up the doors. 100. percent That's sure. definitely yeah. a phase. It gets no, to a point, it. but you need to. You need to take. I think, it. You I need to think, jump off the cliff at some. I just think pull the trigger, make the move, have a crack. Yeah. Make big chat. You know. Yeah. No, I agree for sure. And the final question I have for you is: What is one thing you are still curious about or want to explore? Oh. Uh, me finding time to do exercise <laughs> yeah that'd be good finding finding like I, the want to do it i don't really yeah, want like to I'm, do it i wish someone could like a <laughs> can someone invent like a like a tablet or oh. like a drip system where i can get fit and yeah. i don't have to do anything i started bouldering it's been like the best thing ever like one because it's sneaky fitness like i don't even realize i'm working Boulder. out like rock climbing but without like um like a harness it's like smaller walls oh no, you're it's fucking- so fun it's so fun no harness. No harness, but it's but it's small walls. They're like four meter, four meters or so. Like Have maybe you a little bit. Fell like... from the top or something. Yeah, yeah, you fall from the top quite a bit. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. fine. You just roll back <laughs> on the mats. You just <laughs> got mats brick floors. Yeah, yeah. You got brick floors. They don't make it easy on you. They do. Do yeah. you guys surf if you're on the coast? Isn't that exercise? Oh, I, I I I surf, but I don't count that as ex. I think like oh, see, surfing's fun. Exercise. Like. Exercise is more like you know, going for a run or going to the gym. Or- exercise is something nah, that doesn't have to be. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be that. I reckon surfing counts as exercise. Yeah, surfing's good, but it's, it's, it's too dependent on whether the waves are good. I feel like I need. To, we need to up our intensity. I think that's what we're trying to get. Like yeah. we do little bits, but it's like Not that's enough. probably that's probably enough to just just stop us from dying. You know what I mean? Like literally, we're bordering on the edge. The, hot, the, 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 <laughs> the weekly diet of hot chips for lunch is probably oh, not a good start. Like know? honestly, down it. Thinking about it, we're actually pretty fucked. Oh, I know I'm fucked. We eat a lot of potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Potatoes are great though. <laughs> potatoes, like lucky you don't have capers down there, then. So yeah. maybe it's a, that's the good thing. That's the good thing to come out yeah, of that. One though, so Locke's gonna are be in Oh, I'm just I'll do the tours. That's my tour. When people come down, I'll show you all the fast food. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the latest development. That's uh, say, like, oh no, I shouldn't joke about that. Anyway. We love the surf coast. Yeah, besides besides exercising more, anything else? I'm curious about f- probably the, for me, I know it's probably for a lot of people, it's the NFT crypto space. I haven't really, yeah, I'm curious about it, but I haven't delved into it yet. But I feel like that's my next form of like, I feel like con- consuming content, you go through phases, like I'll be heavily binging something. And then for the next year, I'll just probably action it or do it or sort of just from what I've, what I've learned. And now I think the next thing for me is probably, the NFT space and just understanding that world and how to get creative in that space. And yeah, I think that's it for me. Me's probably been, I got, I don't know, four months to I'll be a dad for the first time. So learning how to juggle the grow, <laughs> growing business. Like we started just with three of us. We've got eight or nine now. We got plans to have maybe 25 to 30 people by Christmas. So juggling the idea of that, Plus having a new family and shit. Um, that's a better answer. That's a better answer. That's a better I answer. Answer, I don't think there's any, I can't, there's no books that are telling me how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are. There's plenty of books telling you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, I love it. So exciting. New new phases in life. It's it's cool. It's exciting. It's fun. Oh, we're going to exploit the fuck out of your kid. I reckon Instagram, <laughs> uh, get it branded. Huh? <laughs> get it branded. <laughs> we're going to brand it some baby grills, I reckon. Oh, huh? I'm not letting her near you. <laughs> <laughs> I loved, I love it. I love it. How exciting. And the challenge you guys have, we've got two challenges, one from one from each of you on something that you do or something that really helped you out in, in your journey that you think would be good for, for the listeners to, to try out this week. You go first. I, I was going to say like having a bath 
like we, I know we said it before, <laughs> but like haven't had that just taken that time to chill out, but I'll actually want to change it to, I do two things that actually help. It's having a bath is just like to just, cause I like it and it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> and I think taking time to think and chill out and, and like for me, it's, I put a record on or I put a couple of albums on and just walk around the house and think and just, cause you're so, sometimes you're so busy in doing all the stuff and I feel like taking the time to not do that and just really switch off and, and, um, you know, listen to some music. If you need to switch off, switch off. But also, yeah, if you need to think about some stuff, it's really like, how am I going to tackle this without being like stuck to the computer and stuff? It's like listening to music. I kill two birds with one stone. Listen, keep up to, to the like latest bands and artists that I want. So that's a good hack for me that I use to consume new music and chill out and think. I like that. Love for me, it. it's like if you've got a side hustle and you're trying to figure out how to build a community and, and get access to the right people from a business context would be to... Not in any way sponsored post. We wish it was, but yeah, we've been fucking trying to hit that door down. Haven't yeah, we? To get get on LinkedIn, I think it's a really interesting platform at the moment with the amount of organic reach you get from content you can put out there. And for people who are looking to build a community for people and, and find the right type of relationships to maybe do partnerships or have intern opportunities or um, create I don't know sales opportunities or even just awareness of what you do, LinkedIn such an underutilized platform, and there's such an opportunity for interesting engaging content to get cut through on a very stale platform so that would be my thing if you got a challenges test yourself out on linkedin go and connect with people reach out introduce yourself you know like Put don't don't spam there. people you know like yeah. give them a little bit of knowledge they don't want to yeah. read an essay about you oh yeah totally agree i love it um amazing Thank you boys so much. Um, this was brilliant. I'm so glad I got to have you both on and um, I hope everyone listens to the pod. So you got snacks, you got funny business and you'll also have, when do you start wellbeing group? That's only been what last six months. So we kicked it off in Jan. So we've, we're actually launching. Um, I'm not sure what date this is coming out, but we're launching our podcast network. So wellbeing network, which will, Amazing. uh, We'll have our pod. We've got our co-founder of our business, Tammy Martin, Michelle Grace Hunter, which does your Killing It podcast. Uh, we're helping Peter Boll, who's the Australian 800-meter champion. He's over in Tokyo at the moment for the Olympics, launch his podcast. So uh, more and more content's going to be coming out. So keep an eye out for Wellbeing Network when we start to announce what we're doing. Yeah, it's just plenty of shit. Like it, it all sort of come out in the wash. We're sort of, like you said earlier, like building the sandcastle and a lot of people are just being like, what the fuck's going on a little bit, but things will start to slowly like reveal itself as we work through them. But yeah, we've got plenty of shit going on. Wellbeings groups, the group, me, you and Tammy, um, and then Wellbeings Digital is the consultancy and then Wellbeings Network will be the media arm. So uh, there's plenty of shit going on and that'll all be dropping soon, but we don't, we, you know, don't know. we don't give a fuck. Shit's, yeah. Happening, yeah. Shit's happening. So things are, It'll things happen are busy. When it happens. Having a kid too, you know, like, what yeah. Yeah, and we're in a pandemic still. Like life's yeah. crazy. Yeah, <laughs> life's crazy. Um, if you want to connect with the boys, all of their links will be in the show notes as well. But thank you both so much for coming on. This has been it's been brilliant to chat with you and and best of luck with all the stuff. I can't wait to see what's coming out, when it's coming out. And congrats and good luck with being a dad, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for having us. On your fucking birthday oh, too. Yeah. Like oh, I birthday. can't believe that. You like I I love how you we're like, in lockdown, tomorrow, man. What are we gonna do like, we can do it tomorrow we can reschedule like no let's oh, do it now even, we, didn't even, we didn't even bring a present you know? <laughs> no, we, didn't bring no, nothing. we would have fucking bought you something <laughs> no no it was it was my absolute pleasure you've you've perked up my birthday given me something fun to do so so it's been it's been good have a bath um, 
have a when you said bath i was like listen baths are the worst i don't know what, what i don't know what you're on baths you want to sit worst. in the pool of your own sweat <laughs> no, you're kidding it's good man just put that out of your head he doesn't even i'd rather bubbles. see a shit in a toilet cubicle just yeah. on the floor in front of me i don't have bubbles. he doesn't even have bubbles he likes the water still and clear i like to know what's going on underneath it's like the titanic man. You, know, <laughs> you, just don't, you just don't know what's going to happen you know no candles nothing it's very bloking bath in a, it's like a prison bar <laughs> yeah right right uh we'll end the bed <laughs> <laughs>